Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's Ant Hill time. Welcome to the show. I'm Ant, of course, and this over here is Jay Hill, and we've got a lot of interesting topics to get into today. Jay Hill's over here getting ready. I, I thought he would have done that pre-show. Yeah, saw the but, camera. But apparently he saw himself on screen and was like, whoa, uh, I'm concerned about my shirt the same way maybe 49er fans are concerned about Trey Lance. This is a good segue. Yeah. I just want to know, what I do. when do we get to talk about Roy McElroy today? He was great yesterday. Roy McElvoy uh, from Tin Cup? No, no, the actual Rory McElroy from Northern Ireland. Yeah, I, I haven't the been watching. savior watch... of the PGA Tour. I have not been watching golf. I'm sorry. No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I haven't watched golf since El Tigre was relevant. <laughs> uh, once El so, Tigre no longer was uh, about relevant. About five years. <laughs> been a while, yeah. man. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. if John Daly decides to get out there and start whacking some balls, maybe I'll come back to the PGA Tour. I think he, I think he, I think he does that every time he goes to Hooters. Well, enough of the <laughs> golf talk, uh, because there is people that are very concerned about Trey Lance. Why? Um, I think that people were concerned about what happened during the game. A lot of people going over, you know, some of the things that, that he one did. Play? Well, no, I think there's a couple of occasions, you know, maybe where he missed open receivers. The other one where he rolled to the right and threw an off platform throw towards uh, Brandon Ayuk. You know, when it hits the ground in front of him, and there's that people that are, ugly. yeah, there, there's people that are saying, you know what. Uh, he could be a sub sixty percent completion guy this year. Does that surprise you? No, I I fully expect him to be right around between fifty eight at best, like sixty two. I, I think that's fair. I'm okay I, with that. Yeah, and actually, the the throw that he made, you know, because he also had the one low to Malik Turner that was yeah. maybe a little low, a little behind him. Which, I mean, if you're a, a, a you know a 
fan that's been watching Jimmy Garoppolo operate this offense and see him make those rhythm throws and allow those receivers to run, you could be concerned. But I, I look at the, the situation. It was one game on a short week. You're not scheming. You're not doing anything. You're just, you're, you know, he was out there throwing the ball. The Brian Ayuk went in the ground. I'm okay with that because you know what it didn't do? Get intercepted. Get intercepted, exactly. Uh, so he left it low. Malik Turner over the middle. He leaves it low where he can, you know, get, complete it to the receiver. So overall, I'm not concerned about Trey Lance. But I do understand why some people get be concerned. But I did enjoy all the conversation, like you said, the one play. Kurt Warner versus 49ers faithful. Who understands? I'm gonna listen to Kurt there every, every time. Yeah, I, I I saw what Kurt Warner said. I watched the play, and I'm like, yeah, Kurt Warner's right. Yeah, this. I I rewatched the first quarter last night in a little extra prep for the show because I wanted to make sure that. Well done. Yeah, well, because I I had I, I was half kind of watching the game, half radio because I was in on the road with job and stuff. So I wanted to sit there and really watch the first first quarter. And it looked like the Texans were playing a game in October. Like they had, they, and like Lovey was, was really trying to get his blitz packages installed and get the guys up, up on those. And it looked like Kyle gave, gave two blanks. Oh, yeah. So it, if this, if we played the Texans in, in October and he played that way, that'd be something they'd be like, eh, that, was, that wasn't great. But, it was just to get get guys some rhythms, some live reps, and just stay healthy. And we didn't have Trent, we, you know. So I'm all this, you know, doom and gloom is kind of annoying me because it's it's preseason week three. Trey looked great against the Vikings in those practice days. He looked pretty good against Packers. So I'm not worried. And the idea that that he he starts he, he has a rookie year because. I, I I'm a firm believer you're a rookie until you have your your 18th start. So when when he gets start 18, then he's no longer a rookie. But in terms of actual playing, he's going to be a rookie most of this year. I can point out the third or fourth best player in the sport. His first his first three years was a sub 60 percent which guy. Now he's the best quarterback in the sport. So can guys improve off completion? Percentage, yes, but at the same time, my beloved Alex Smith was a near seventy percent completion guy for for most of his career. What did he win? Football games, Jason. Football games, not championships. No, he did not win championships. And Eli actually, Manning was a guy around sixty who who led the league in, in picks multiple years. He got two rings. Yeah, so. The idea that, that you, you must be a high percentage quarterback to be successful is a little a little over fun. You must be able to make the accurate throw and get uh, get and be able to capitalize on big plays, not throw a little five yard stuff off all the time and say, "Ooh, I'm going to save five percent." He threw for ninety five yards, so who cares? Well, one guy who throws for a lot of completions and had a high completion percentage and was also often docked for not taking the big play, but taking the check down was, in fact, Jimmy Garoppolo. And we have the Jimmy G and August 30th date coming up. Jimmy G, of course, uh, would use a roster spot on this 53-man roster if they decide to keep him. His money's not guaranteed until September 10th. So, really, Jimmy G has no financial effect on the 49ers until then, so they could theoretically keep him. 
But Jimmy G and August 30th is a date everyone's been uh, watching and targeting because it could be the day where there's resolution. The 49ers finally move off from Jimmy G. Jason, do you think the 49ers are finally going to release Jimmy Garoppolo, move forward with Trey Lance and this backup quarterback situation, and Jimmy G can go out there and try to find a starting gig somewhere else? I don't think by August the 30th, unless it's a trade that happens before then, I don't see him just being cut until they absolutely have to because I, I feel like they're trying to exhaust every possible option to try and wait a team out that may be interested in him, like a team that's starting you know, Smith, for example. Um, but, and quite frankly, if it... If it comes down to the 53rd guy that we keep being somebody versus Jimmy to get a little value, then I'm okay with that. Because chances are we can slide that guy through to the practice squad and then get him again. All right. Well, I'm going to come at you with some stuff then. Because you said the 53rd player. What if that 53rd player is Jordan Mason or Quantrez Knight or Jason Poe? Or uh, Jordan Willis. You know what I mean? If you're starting to talk about these guys being potentially the 53rd player, you're moving off a very talented guy, a guy that can make a lot of plays for your football team and it has tremendous value for the hopes of what? Squeezing a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick of compensation from Jimmy Garoppolo? If it's a fifth round pick, yes, because we do really well in that round. Oh, you do. But what are the guarantees (laughs) that you're going to hit on a player you know, that is as, you know, aggressive as Quantrez Knight or as powerful, you know, as somebody like Jordan Wills, who's a veteran in this league, uh, you could run the risk of losing a player that can help you right now for the hopes that you're going to hit on someone that could help in you in future. the future. It's, a, it's, that's not a, it's not, it's, it's not a, I mean, that, that style, when you put it that way, that's not a bad way to look at it. I think if you were going to get enough value, if you knew you were going to, if you held out, you were going to get a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think yeah. you're like, okay, I, I can wait this out, right? I can tell Kerry Hyder or Dante Johnson, if anyone watched, you know, my 53 man projections. Yes, that was brilliantly. Yeah, you guys go ahead and wait. Uh, we're going to bring you back because Jimmy on the 10th, we're going to move him on. So I hope you're ready to sign. Uh, and just be in Chicago ready because you're going to be, you're going to be suiting up that You day. won't be on the team plane per se, but here's the first class ticket. Whoa. We'll see you there. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's one of those things where I keep waiting for resolution. I thought it was going to happen pre- when free agency started. That's when I thought it was going to happen because I did think there was a trade market, which there I was. believe there was. There was. And then Jimmy had soldier surgery. surgery. Now, so, hate to be the conspiracy guy, but do you think the shoulder surgery was him? Maybe his first little retort to them bringing in Trey. No, I don't like, think like, so. Like, I could wait for the surgery and get traded first to someplace, but I'm going to have the surgery now just to kind of screw Niners over? No, I don't think so, okay. because I think that he wanted to get traded because he wanted to land in a situation right. where he can start, and now he's in a situation where his only hope is that his agent has went out there and found a situation where he's going to, you know, when he gets released, he's going to get signed. And I think, you know, and then what are those terms? Because... Uh, with all things, it's about leverage. And now that a, a team out there knows there's probably not a market not for a you, means I'm not going to give you a lot of money. So I think that it's always been about Jimmy Garoppolo keeping the league, uh, understanding that he's a starter. Because once you start becoming a backup in people's minds, 
You it's, become a backup. It's hard to get off that. It is. I mean, look at Mitchell Trubisky. You know, he's in a battle with a rookie. Uh, you see, you know, other guys around the league uh, that you're like, oh, they they used to be starters. They used to be considered in that le- that light, and now they're just not. Uh, Cam Newton was another guy Cam, that became Cam a backup, there, and then next thing you know, there's no the value. He's getting minimum now, deals. Mariota though is a guy who started, went to backup, and then then has emerged though. So, so it is possible if you find the right. Fit, but yeah, Jimmy you, has to be the right fit for. If someone. you find a team that wants to lose, I think they yes. wanted a cheap quarterback, and they don't care about winning. They in are all right in now. on CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Yeah, it's like okay, if Ritter works out, great. If but, he doesn't, we're gonna draft a quarterback yeah. in the first round. And you know what, Mariota doesn't do hurt us financially for At the all. future. Yep. And I think that's how it goes. And another place that there was some concerns, there was concerns about Trey, but there was also concerns about the 49ers offensive line. Jason, do you have concerns about the offensive line coming out of that game versus the Houston Texans? Did they show that they could, could handle a complex blitz scheme being thrown at them very well at times? No. At times, maybe did Trey hang on the ball for a half second long? Yeah, he, he might have. Did the running backs not necessarily hit the hole that was there as quick as possible? Yeah, so to, to, to say that it's all on the O-line is a little overhyped, really. I, I, I was concerned more about the Eric Branch report that they're making calls on an interior lineman, though. That that Because that tells me that whatever they've seen in practices and stuff so far, that they're not 100% convinced on one or multiple of our guys. That, that, to me, is a, a bigger concern than what, what we saw versus the Texans. I have a little bit of a different angle on that. It was John Miller, of course, not the great voice of the, you know, the, the, the Giants. Guy, the, yeah, that the, they're the, looking the, for. The, the Hawaiian shirt wearing yeah. big kahuna. Yeah. When they said they were bringing in John Miller, that was my first visual. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's going to play offensive line for the 49ers? That's interesting. He, I, mean, uh, he's, he's, I mean, he has probably lost enough weight now where he, he – he probably couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't, right? Uh, he's too athletic for that now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think you know, bringing in an offensive lineman, an interior offensive lineman, I don't think is too big of a surprise, and here's why. If you're getting to the point now where you believe you're going to start two young guys on the interior, Daniel Brunskill could be a tackle option for you. So this might actually be a thought about what is going on on the outside with a Mike McGlinchey, for instance, who hasn't returned to practice, you maybe if you're thinking about plugging and playing Daniel Brunskill right tackle, then you need guard depth. Uh, you could be concerned about Jason Poe. You could be concerned about Nick Zakel, and you could be concerned about you know a Jalen Moore, for instance, who's been getting all the tackle snaps. So this might be more of a referendum on the fact that they're moving a tackle outside and they need a guard on the interior. So this might be, be. a referendum on the interior offensive line depth and less on the starters. Uh, that they have in there because I think Banks has been very consistent through preseason from all the film that I've watched. Has he had a couple plays here or there? Of course, no one's he's perfect. a young player. Yeah. Spencer Burford had his toughest game against the Texans. I feel shocked. I mean, this is this is how rookies handle football, and these guys haven't had a lot of snaps in this league. That's why they're playing a lot of snaps. So I think that's more of the thought process with them bringing in him. Uh, I think that you know you could automatically think, oh, they're looking for a starter, and of course the report came out right; they're looking for a trade potentially. But I wonder if it's about getting a starter or if it's about getting depth. Depth, yeah. that's it, true. It could be one place that the Forty Niners hope they have depth is at the safety position because Jimmy Ward, uh, according to John Lynch, he said it on the pre you know pre show uh, before the game uh, against the Texans. 
that Jimmy Ward is going to go on the IR and that he's had some you know, hamstring issues and that it was a bad pull. Now, Jimmy Ward was getting light work at practice yesterday, so that is at least good news That's as he's starting his rehab process. However, Tarverius Ward, George Odom, you know, um, and Talano Hufanga are the three safeties that everyone knows. Of course, Taylor Hawkins, the undrafted free agent, has played really well. Yeah, yeah. But is Tarverius Moore or George Odom slated to start in Jimmy Ward's spot, or do they have to have another plan? Do they have to have somebody else that can come in and start because they're going to have to get through four games, and two of those games are going to be really tough, one against the Denver Broncos and yeah, Russell Wilson yeah. at mile high, and then they got Matthew Stafford and that powerful passing game coming in as well. I I'm nervous. <laughs> like I, I I I really thought we were gonna start start three and one. Now two and two is a lot more. Wow. Lot lot uh, yeah like that much yeah. Um, Jimmy, hell no, man. He just he's like the ultimate security blanket. He just makes everything kind of be okay, and you just kind of know that as long as he's back there, nothing too nothing too wild is gonna happen here. So. Do they need another? I mean, I honestly, I'd be okay if they tried Dante Johnson out there. Even like that would be because he he's he knows the system. He he doesn't screw up things like he he, he doesn't have that terrible penalty. Doesn't be be over the top. I'd feel almost more at ease, you know, if he was back there. Honestly, I, I think he's gonna be back there. I, I think what's gonna happen is they're going to release him. Uh, Dante Johnson, and then once you know Jimmy Ward goes on IR, they'll bring Dante Johnson back, and I think he will be the fourth safety because I think Taylor Hawkins is going to end up on the practice squad. Yeah. The questions then will be: Will it be Dante Johnson or Tarverius Moore that starts next to Talano Hufanga? Hufanga is the starting strong safety on the football team. In. Absolutely, he's locked in. Uh, George Odom is his backup. The question mark is starting next to Jimmy Ward. Odom. I would not be shocked if Dante Johnson started Week One. In Chicago, over Tarverius Moore. Moore has had an up and down preseason and training camp. The only thing I'm going to throw at you, Jason, is there still reports that Jaquiski Tart may get released by Philadelphia. Do you think they would potentially bring back Tart if he was available? And that see that that was tough because it it it, it makes sense. It, it, it's a it, it, it's a fit. He 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 knows this system obviously, but I I I would. I think they would see how Moore and Johnson do the first week, and then if they don't, if D'Amico says, "eh, you know what, it's it, it was okay against the Bears, but it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be okay versus the Rams and Denver," then they would probably bring him in. I think if he gets released. He ends up being the signing over Dante Johnson. They throw Dante Johnson on the practice squad and make him an elevated go, player. Go the other way. I, I think so because Tart is a guy that you've seen already play at a high level, and where Tart's value tremendously is is in run fits. Yeah, and being able to stop. And you know who you're playing in Week One? Justin Fields, a guy that can run. So you want run blitzing. You he want to, ran all over us last year. Yeah, too. so you want to be Especially able to go up there and half. make those plays. And Hufanga and Tart together would be a tremendous grouping against Justin Fields. And then you're going to go play Pete up in, in in the Pacific Northwest, and they ain't passing it all over the place. They're going to want to run the football. So having those guys in those two games, is it would make a lot of sense. That's true. You could have Dante Johnson ready for Denver, but Tart does a pretty good job. I know a lot of people don't like Jaquiski Tart, but when it comes down to it, 
I think some of the things that he was blamed for last year weren't all actually on him, but were on other players. But he took the fall. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to get out of Philly because he's still a good player. They might keep him. But if he did, I'd be interested in entertaining that. A bad Jets idea. No. And another spot that's gotten interesting because we had the early part of the preseason. It was all Samuel Womack. Looked like he had absolutely locked that spot up enough that they cut Darquez Denard, Early. Samuel Womack playing nickel corner, and I, I everyone's excited about it. But then all of a sudden, against Minnesota, De- Diameter Lenore started playing some nickel corner as well mm-hmm. and at a high level. So it started getting the conversation going. Could it be Diameter Lenore, or is it Samuel Womack that starts week one at Chicago at the nickel corner spot? And Jason's face tells it all. As he's tough. trying to figure this out. No, it, it... It, it, it is tough because Nor's done like he's he's come like hard out, but I I I think the fact that they were so willing to put Womack out wide versus the Texans, even I, I think that shows that they have big big plans for him, and I think he gets the week one nod. Okay, yeah, I I think it ends up being. Both of them. <laughs> Got you. Here's why. I think on early downs, they play Diameter Lenore to stop the run, especially a nickel on first and second. So if somebody comes out in a three-wide receiver set, you need to go to nickel. It's Diameter Lenore because he's a better run stopper. He's a better tackler right now. I think Womack eventually will develop in all those areas. And then that. if it gets to third down and they need somebody to go in there and cover, I think it's going to be Sam Womack. They actually gave this away in the first preseason game. They did this with Darquez Denard and Samuel Womack. Yeah, they and, did. and so I think they do that again, and that's part of the reason uh, these two guys working in tandem makes a lot of sense. One guy's really good in run fits and a good tackler. The other guy's really good in coverage. Why not use both of their skill sets instead of saying, oh, no, you're the guy? Uh, let's use both of them until Womack is able to completely take over that role. some point during the year, he probably will. Plus, I want to see Diamond or Lenore blitzing off the edge. He's one of those guys that plays really tough with reckless abandon. Yeah. I think he can make a lot of plays. So to me, it ends up being a little bit of a trick question because it's actually both of them that go ahead and, and make a big play Makes for the football team. Yeah, so Jason, I think you're in agreement with me, which is actually shocking. Not totally, no. Oh, wow. wow, wow. <laughs> so I, it... I, I just, I, I basically, I just disagreed about agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's... Well, let's see if we can agree on this that's, because that's magical. Um, the conversations about interior offensive line are, have also sparked this. We've got Croft Dwelly and Keen Omai for the topic. For this reason, Dalton Keen is going to be coming in to work out for the San Francisco 49ers. The tight end they were interested in a former third round pick. Um, and the questions for that come with Croft or Dwelly. One of them's going to make this team potentially. One of them's going to be gone. But why would they bring in? Dalton Keene for a workout if they already have those four really good tight ends, including uh, that you could also add in Troy Fumagalli as well. The tight end room stacked. Why would you bring in Dalton Keene if you already have those other guys? The only thing that I could ascertain from this is they have some maybe potential trade interest in one or two of the guys, and they, they like the potential value that they'll get in return enough to where if, if they can find a comparable guy off the street that it, it makes sense to make trades okay i think that's a fair point I, I really do i'm gonna go a little bit of a different direction i believe they know they have to make a tough decision between croft dwelly 
and Fumagalli. So one of them is going to be the third tight end. The other one is the other ones are going to be gone for this reason. Tanner Hudson was was released. Yep. Tanner Hudson goes to the New York Football Giants. Uh, we know that Croft Dwelly are going to have tremendous value around the league. So I think they believe that either one, whoever they cut, is going to end up somewhere else. Is gone. They're yeah. going to be gone. So you bring in Dalton Keene, who's already been waived. You can take a look at him now, and then he could potentially be your practice squad filler. You bring him in. Uh, if you know if these guys go somewhere else, now you've got Dalton Keene, a guy you were high on in the draft a couple years ago, and then now your practice squad is ready to go. That could also be where they ended up going with the guard as well. They have to have depth in case they lose players, players are claimed, because the way that is going right now, 49ers players are being plucked, uh, left yeah, they're right. being plucked at a higher rate than anyone else in the league. So you have to prepare. You have to have that Rolodex ready to go just in case. And if you do keep Croft, for instance, and Dwelly and Fumagalli go sign somewhere else. Oh, Dwelly's going to be gone then. Sure, like, uh, are, are you for sure? Are you because we thought that during the offseason, yet Ross Dwelly came back for a league minimum salary and was coming in as what third, fourth tight end? Yeah. Once that's... again, do we value a player more in San Francisco than he's valued around the league? I, I, I think that tends to happen with every fan base, but I've seen him actually making plays in the games for Kittles and out. So last I last year, a, yeah, I no. Years ago, there's at least something there that 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 teams have the have at least some film on. Yeah, I so. mean it, it's possible. I mean Dwelly is is and this isn't 2020. He's had a he had a tough 2021 season. Uh, so it, it I mean could there be a landing spot for him? Yes. Could they be preparing for Dalton Keene to come in because you know Dwelly could be somewhere else or even Croft because I think if Croft is the guy that's the out, odd man out and Dwelly makes his football team Croft is signing somewhere yeah he's proven that he can stay healthy again so uh I think that's where we're at with that now Jason one of your favorite topics the top 100 uh <laughs> and, and, hate you for this yeah right away Trent Trent <laughs> Williams ends up being 14 Debo Samuel ends up being 19 shocking right number 19 the 19. 19 yeah. uh, and then you had the conversations, of course, seven 49ers end up making the top 100 with Jimmy Garoppolo finishing at 106. 106. Where was Armstead then? I don't, oh. That's insane that he would be above Jimmy. If I'm Armstead, I'm just, I'm literally He's turning the, into the Incredible Hulk because I'm not getting any respect. He's the me. one guy who should be really offended. I, when I saw one of the 49ers finish 106, I thought, I thought it was, it was Armstead. Armstead. Yeah, so did I. It was, it was completely like, shocking. Oh, okay, 106. Uh, I, okay. But, uh-huh. I was actually live when you know people started telling me in chat that Trent ended up 14 and Debo was 19. And I thought they were both disrespectful because I thought Trent Williams is a top five player in this league. And I know no offensive lineman's ever made top 10, but this is Trent freaking Williams. He should be in the top 10 of players in this league. And then I thought Debo Samuel should have been top 15. I think those are realistic. I thought Nick Bosa should have been top 15 as well. I didn't think that was uh, a very good ranking for him. I was okay with George Kittle at 22. I thought yeah. that was pretty equivalent to where he should be. But Fred Kelsey Warner being at 10, though, was... Yeah, I mean, Kelsey at, at 10 compared to Kittle at 22, there's a little bit too much of a distance there. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey's not as... as he never has he made He doesn't it. do it both. A block in his life. Um, Debo, like we talked about yesterday, I'm... He's okay there because I, I think he's 
He's a top eight wide receiver. He's a top two or three playmaker. So I, I think if you average that out, that, that should put, put him around 20, 19, 18, somewhere in there. Wait, so he's a top eight receiver and a top two oh, playmaker. In terms, so of, he's, in terms of his ability to... So that makes him 19th. Well, because of the uh, other positions and stuff. It's yeah. just interesting math. Now, it's interesting. La- la- last year, you, you, you and that other guy were uh, always on me for being such a big fan of pro football focus. Right now, Pro Football Focus looks a hell of a lot smarter than the NFL Top 100 because Pro Football Focus had Trent as one or two still, uh, not 14. And if, if, if you look at the rest of the Pro Football Focus Top 10, it, uh, it aligns a lot more logically than the NFL Top 100 Top 10 does, too. Um, it, it just does. Sorry. I'm sorry. You can't argue with PFF after PFF just said that Keaton Sutherland had a clean sheet. Uh, in the game against the UC I didn't Texas. say I didn't say they were always right, but I like to use them when if it's, when it when it fits the your yes. argument. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well done. <laughs> and Jeez. and and having Trent one or two definitely benefits my view because, like we talked about last show, he's at worst the third best player in the sport. I would say he's one A or one B at, at worst, but. Him at fourteen is insane. That that's just insane. That that the that that to me discredits that this list for the next next five years. Like I I won't even acknowledge it anymore because it's so insane to have him not in the top ten, let alone top five. It's just insane. I mean, I, anytime Mac Jones makes it into the eighties, you start to discredit the that list. too. Uh, I I think that you know. I have no problems with these guys being, you know, kind of towards the top of this list. Uh, and if Debo would have been in the top 15, I would have been okay with that. But Debo just put together one of the best seasons uh, for an NFL playmaker that there has been. I mean, he literally revolutionized a position. He created a position, right. a wide back role. No one had ever seen anything like it. And then to go ahead and say that he's just inside the top 20 of players after Jalen Ramsey said he's one of the top receivers to try to cover. Uh, so, I mean... I think that he did what was asked of his football team, and he got punished for it. He had over 1,400 yards oh, yeah. receiving, did all these things in the in the running game, and then he's 19th. These NFL players are sleeping on Debo Samuel. And when he goes out there and duplicates it and he runs your ass over again, uh, I hope he looks at you and lets you know. Uh, he Debo Samuel's not going to shy away from contact, so you come in there uh, with your weak sauce, and he's going to run you over. So I think that this list, True. once again, I think this list has kind of fallen off over the last several years. I'm not really into it. I wonder how many players are actually still involved because you don't have to opt into ranking these players. But Debo Samuel and Trent Williams are top 10 players in this league. I'm going to stick to that because I think both of them are fantastic. And I think Nick Bosa could have been a lot higher. And in fact, I think Nick Bosa this year after this season will finish. But wait, you're telling me that that, that you have Nick as the third best player on our team then? Uh, after, uh, from the season last year, yes. From the okay. season he produced. I'm not saying okay. actual player, but just saying season results. Okay, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say player. I, to me, he's the second best player on the entire team behind Trent Williams. Yes. And th- I don't even think that's close no. because those two are just, <laughs> those two are like on another level. Uh, they're they're so fun. If and Bosa so, stays healthy, He's he will have a gold jacket. Like he's And having Miles you think Garrett... his left short is just, left arm's just a little shorter than his right? <laughs> <laughs> having Miles... Garrett at 11 and him at 24 was 
I do like Miles Garrett, but I mean, anytime you're putting those guys, you got to think they're going to be. They should be neck and neck. That's why it's interesting when you hear, you know, because you don't know which players voted, right? So if you got an abundance of AFC North pl- the players voting, yeah. they're probably going to trend oh, that Miles direction. Garrett, yeah, he's, he's yeah. a monster. Um, you have to go against him every single yeah. day. I mean, I get it. You know, I really do. Now, Jason, cuts are on the horizon. They're happening tomorrow. Yes. Um, is there any surprise cuts you think are coming? that maybe are going to surprise 49er fans, or do you think this is going to be pretty clear-cut? Because there are some tough decisions in the running back room. There's some tough decisions on the D-line, also uh, with the offensive line. Any surprises? Like, uh, we've had people throw out, Ombre Thomas is going to get released. Do you like think that. something like that's going to happen? No. I, I, unless and it, it, it sounds like they're going to give Trey a little more time, so I, I, I don't are think... Are you talking he, about Sermon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah not... Not Lance. I was like, no, Lance, no. oh, okay. <laughs> Talk about, wow, that's bold. <laughs> Back to Jimmy. Back to Jimmy. All right. Here we go. Um, I, it sounds like they want to give him a little more time, which I get it. He, he, he is a third-round draft yeah. pick. So. But they don't give their draft picks a ton of time, They but they do give him a chance. And they must see something in practice or on film where they're like, his – what he's actually done in games isn't as bad as it looks. So I, I think he makes it, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure he should, though. So that'd be one guy I, I wish they would give a hard look to. Other than that, I don't necessarily I, – I, there's so much talent on the roster that I don't – whoever they cut, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, they cut him? No way. I love that guy. Like, Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to be that. Oh, my God, they cut that guy. I mean, last year, the surprise cut was Colton McKivitz uh, because I, you had just spent so much, you know, value on him. And I know it's a fifth-round pick, but you were just also on. Also, Costas, Matt, Rita, too. Yeah, so. you were also in the, you know, talking about the fact he would have started if you wouldn't have been able to trade for Trey Williams at left tackle. <laughs> that boom. value. I think there's going to be a couple of guys that are going to get our attention like that. You know, I think there's going to be guys that get released. And you're like, oh man, I wish we could have kept him. And and for the mere reason that I think you know somebody like Jason Poe could get released, even though you I want to have him on the team, I think he could get waived. And, and Jordan not. Mason, I think would get people's attention uh, if he got if he got waived. I, I think those ones are possible. I don't. I'm, I'm I predicted yesterday though those wouldn't happen. Yeah. I think Kaushin and John Lynch want to keep those players. They understand those guys could have a huge impact on this team moving forward. But I think those would surprise people if they actually got moved because I think so many people are convinced that those guys are going to be on this roster in 2022. Now, do you mean surprise as in if we don't at least stash them on the practice squad or just out- outright, oh, they got cut? I think uh, outright they got waived. You okay. know, Because, I mean, that was a Colton McKivitz. He got yeah. waived in favor of Tom Compton. I mean, imagine if they waive. I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, imagine they waive Jason Poe, but they kept Keaton Sutherland. That could be a surprise to everyone because Sutherland's played – I mean. Not good. Yeah. I'm not. I don't want to never throw a guy completely under the bus. Uh, but he has not been consistent. Always he has not. Put him, he has uh, not stacked good reps, and his snaps have been all over the place. So I mean, that would be a surprising move. And last year, that's what it was, right? Tom Compton makes a team. Holton McKivitz, a young player with they believe high upside, ends up getting released, and you don't know if they're going to end up on the practice squad. Yeah. I think if those guys ended up on the practice squad, you whoo. And you're like, okay, great move by John Lynch and Kyle Shannon. They knew what they were doing. That goes got those guys to the practice, uh, the practice squad. Yeah, that makes sense then. Okay, so I, I think we're in agreement. I don't think there's going to be any tremendously uh, surprising ones. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they don't all of a sudden cut somebody. I think they've done a really good job of like already putting some of the other guys on the I, pup list and stuff. 
I guess the only one that would maybe Uh-oh. surprise me that I'm more thinking about now would be if they cut Sudfeld. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the one where I'd be like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, then that would mean that they cut Sudfeld and and and, and kept Purdy. Yeah. Or what if they cut Sudfeld and Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo stayed on the roster? Would that surprise you? I've heard people talking about that in the last couple of days. And so I, I don't know if, if the people who are saying that are just speculating or maybe they're getting a little nudge of like, don't be surprised if we do this. Uh, so wouldn't that be interesting if Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy both get that would be shocking and cut and Jimmy Garoppolo stays on the team? And what if that coincide with a Jimmy Garoppolo contract restructuring? It it would have to. Uh, it doesn't have, not from uh, Jimmy's well, point of view. Jimmy could be like, no, I mean, from I want to make twenty seven million dollars from ours. It would have to be like, hey, uh, you know, like I mean, they could do it like a a roster bonus where if you're on, on the roster on. October 1st, you get $18 million there, you know, boom, done. And then, you know, have the, have the actual number go down yeah. too. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, but I, that would be, that would, that would be, that would make KNBR and KGO and ESPN and, and Colin Cowherd's show and even old Grant Coney over there. That would make some interesting. I mean, I, I, I wonder what they're going to say now because you know, if they do that, though, that's going to create the idea of, not totally convinced on Trey, and, and, and that's the one thing where I, I think they have to factor in, in that too. I, I think that's going to play into it. I think the money is going to play into it, but you need to make sure you join me tomorrow on the live stream. I'm going to go live to talk about all the cuts as they happen as the 49ers build their 53-man roster. Make sure you come right here to 49ers cut back and check it out. Join me. We'll have a nice conversation about it. I'm going to hop on as soon as all the cuts really start going. Uh, and it'll it'll be fun. And last year we were on, and it was exciting. We were there as it was happening, giving in commentary. And so I'll be doing the same thing this year, giving commentary on as the 49ers build this roster. And any if any of these surprise moves happen, does Jimmy Garoppolo finally get moved? All those questions could be answered. I say could. Unfortunately, could. we never know for you sure. Never. But hopefully, resolution comes tomorrow. Join me for the live stream. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And Jason, what a great episode. We covered a variety of different topics. And the next time that we have a conversation will be next week. And that means it's game week. Regular season is here. 49ers versus Chicago Bears. I can't wait for next week. I am getting itchy. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm over preseason. I'm over all the little like, inner battles of this and that. Like, I, I want to get down to the real main event. And since you're getting itchy, I would suggest washing it off. Uh, <laughs> at least getting some Might lotion problem, or something. Um, last night. I yeah, who, who knows? Uh, <laughs> you never know. Uh, Jason's got to go uh, take care of his itch. <laughs> and we've got to get on to the next uh, episode. Hope you guys all have a good one. Enjoy. Great enjoy. college games this this weekend, too. Watch them. Yeah, watch some of the watch some of that. Get ready for know. draft next year. Who we might get. Um, but join me tomorrow for the live stream. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Jason, this is a great one. We'll catch you all in the next one. We're out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.